This is Adam Shartoff, your host of FilmWax. It is Friday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And this is episode number 756. And I'm sitting here in the uh, cubby. All right. <laughs> have we decided the try. cubby is the word for it? No, we haven't. It's not a final decision. I'm trying things out. You take a survey, maybe. Sure. This It's a, a comfortable, but it's a, a smaller It's room. intimate. It's intimate. That's the best way of putting it. Thank you. I'm sitting here with Jen Hamoud and Maddie Rosenberg, producers of at Radio Free Rhinecliff. And uh, this is going to be a fun episode. I've got two filmmakers with very different types of projects. One's a narrative film. It's called Moving On, starring two icons, Hollywood icons. Major. And directed by kind of an icon. He's made some major films, this Paul White's guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's made, for instance, uh, American Pie. Maybe you've heard of that one. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, also about a boy. Many, many films. But he's got a new Good one. Film. This one's called, like I said, Moving On. We're going to bring on Paul in a little, just a little bit. He, uh, This is starring Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda in a dr- more dramatic. I mean, there's some. Dr- there's definitely some comedy in this movie, but it's more of a dramatic film. Mm-hmm. You could call it a dramedy. And, you know, I've yeah. stopped worrying about that word. Kind of, It used to kind of make it sound like a, it was kind of a cheesy term, but... I've, I've embraced the dramedy term because it it does ex- describe a lot of movies, mm-hmm. the tone of the film. And, uh, you know, they play estranged friends who meet at a funeral of a of a of another friend of theirs from the, their college days back in the day. And the film, uh, uh, and there's some secrets buried in the past. Mm. Is that the right way to say it? And the film co-stars Malcolm McDowell. And Richard Roundtree, who played Shaft, of course, in his heyday. Pretty great cast. And uh, it's a a really entertaining film. It's called Moving On. And it is in theaters as of today, Friday, March 17th. Fantastic. So I'm very excited because I've always won. And Paul has a brother who's also, they together have a company, a production company. But Chris Whites, I'd like to get on eventually, too. I have a note to myself because he's a a filmmaker and an actor. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was in one of my, like a, one of these, I think came out in the year 2000, a film called Chuck and Buck. Mm-hmm. Who, would, did, you, did anybody ever hear this? Heard of no. it, never saw okay. it. Yeah. Well, it, you know, if you see it, just, just, just caveat emptor. So <laughs> it's a disturbing, somewhat disturbing, but also a really amazing film. I loved it. So anyway, but this is Paul White's and I was very glad to get him on. So I'm looking forward to the, playing that one. And then after that, here's a great documentary about a film that I feel strongly because it's about cinema and it's about it's kind of I try whenever possible guys to bring on or to focus on films that celebrate cinema you know Mm -hmm. so we're going to be doing that a bit more over the coming weeks and Mm -hmm. do you know this documentary is it did they talk about or does she talk about the Hyde Park drive-in no no there's about I think at least seven drive the name well to take a baby step backward, the name of the documentary is called Back to the Drive-In. Mm-hmm. This is her, I think, April Wright, who is the filmmaker, I think this is her second documentary about drive-ins. Because, hmm. uh, you know, after one, she just had so much more to say. Well, this is was done, and it was done, you know, when, in a time when the drive-ins were already struggling, and then the pandemic came, and it kind of helped them. Yes. You know, a lot of them anyway. Anyway, but in addition to April, the filmmaker, we've got on... 
two of the drive-in owner couples that own drive-ins. Oh, wow. Mm. They're almost always family-owned operations, and uh, and and I was really excited because I got on I got on Dwight Grimm and Lee Van. So, oh, I don't know if that's Saunders I have here. I may have that name may be wrong. Shoot, but anyway, they own they're a couple, and they own the Greenville mm-hmm. Drive-in, which is you know relatively close by. It's the closest one, and I've been there. It's closer than Hyde Park. <laughs> I'd say it's. From right where we are now, no. I would say it's probably at the High Park might be a little closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greenville is probably a bit of a drive. It's in Green County. But anyway, I, I was look, hoping that they would come on. They were one of the families or couples that own one of the drive-ins spotlighted in this film. In addition to that, we also have Todd and Donis. I think they're the Saunders. Oh, for God's sake. I should have been. I, I thought I wrote down everything here. But anyway, they have one called Field of Dreams, and they're in Ohio, and they have theirs was in their backyard. Oh, that's, that's how big their backyard. Yeah, great. I know. <laughs> and there's about, like I say, maybe five other drive-ins, and so the film just kind of, you know, goes from one to another, and people talk about what it is to operate a business like this, you know. And it's it's a great documentary. I enjoyed it thoroughly, and it will be available. I think actually, no. I, let me rephrase. It is currently available hmm. in, on digital and maybe demand. So you you can find it if you if you look for it. It's called Back to the Drive. And, and April Wright, who I've never had on my show before, is, is on. And again, Paul, who I've not had on. We will go to... Uh, well, first of all, let me just pause and ask you guys how you're doing. Because I... You know, we're all here and hanging out, and we've got the mics on. Let's let's say hello. Good. I think Jen's wearing a little green. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's your nod to the holiday? Correct. And I'm very much looking forward to my corned beef later. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I am making corned beef and cabbage as well. You are? Yeah, I don't know why, but it was just because it happened. Because yeah. I took him food shopping to Adam's and he couldn't <laughs> resist. <laughs> it was originally going to be corned beef hash until I realized yeah. it was so close to St. Patty's Day that it had to be used a different way. Mm-hmm. So is there cabbage involved? Cabbage, Savoy cabbage in this case. Savoy? What's Savoy cabbage? Well, Savoy is the wrinkly, nice, good round cabbage. It okay. isn't the flat sort of bland pedestrian pedestrian cabbage yeah okay and does it does it have a strong smell when you're cooking it as smells like cabbage okay (laughs) good good answer all right well i last week right yes we had dana poland on who is you know an my film professor in the film and he turned me on to uh the fact that just around the corner from the radio free ryan cliff studios yes is a, a woman named Susan Ray, who is the widow of the late filmmaker Nicholas Ray, who I love. And since then, I caught up on a couple more of Nicholas Ray f- films. He started doing a lot of film noirs in an early part of his career. He ended up making Rebel Without a Cause, which was, of mm. course, not a film noir. And then on after that as well. And he was one, he's one of the most celebrated filmmakers in Hollywood. And he started, he did taught this class, up at, which at SUNY, I think, I think I'm not, I may Unless I'm mistaken, it was one of the maybe Syracuse or I, I, I'll, I'll know certainly. But he, he and he and where this group of film students, and it was I don't even think it wasn't a film school. It was probably just a film department or or classroom because uh, or class rather because back then there weren't film schools. I mean, there may have been one at NYU or in you know California. Yeah, and uh, but uh, anyway. So he met, but they met uh, during this time. He was like 60. She was like 20. Well, anyway, they did end up together. And now she, uh, many years later, of course, is continuing the legacy of her late husband. And so 
I reached out to her. I talked to her the other day, and oh, she has agreed to come on. So that will be a week from t- right. today. We'll bring her on for a live conversation on Radio Free Ring. Oh, and it's great. only a short walk for her. To yeah. It's a very yes. short walk. Easy and peasy. She was wide open and very welcoming to the idea. And so I'm very excited because it just also gives me the opportunity to catch up with a couple more of his films. So I'm really, really prepared. You know, but I love that guy. I like. I really love. It. I mean, you know, he directed an, a couple of films with Bogart. Mm. I mean, so he really goes back. You know, and Bogart was so good. I mean, you know, it's sometimes when you take a real break from watching certain iconic actors, you get a, and then you watch them again with having grown and evolved yourself. You mm-hmm. just like you you marvel sometimes, and you're like, oh, okay, I see why this guy was a huge star. You know, he really was an amazing actor on film, Bogart. You know. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to that, and hopefully we'll get on some other local celebrities. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. No doubt at all. You know, just throw a rock, you'll hit a filmmaker around here. It's kind of true. Yeah, that's it's. There are quite a few. Uh, and is uh, is that just dropping? <laughs> <Maybe, laughs> this is episode 756 of FilmWax, though, and uh, we're going to go right now into my conversation with the filmmaker. And by the way, we'll just, before I do, I'm just going to mention a couple more. I mentioned uh, American Pie, and I mentioned About a Boy, which is very entertaining. But I want to mention a few more of uh, Paul's films, because he really has made quite a few amazing uh, films over the years. Uh, uh, Okay, so let's see. Oh, uh, he's, I know he's very involved. He's directed quite a few episodes of Mozart in the Jungle, which is, uh, was that on Amazon? I think that's on Amazon. Grandma with Lily Tomlin. Oh, here's one. Being Flynn, which is, you know, do you know Nick Flynn? Are you friendly with Nick Flynn? He's local too, or he's a I, friend. I of know mine. of him. The, yeah, the the author and the writer. He, uh, this was a, uh, uh, you know, the, the movie version of his memoir, Another Bullshit Night in Suck City. Anyway, so, but Being Flynn with De Niro. And he did Little Fockers. Okay, well, a lot of very visible movies and they're very easy to find uh there's they're out there so i'm very glad to bring on paul whites to film wax a devoted wife and mother a doting grandmother joyce was a wonderful woman joyce Joyce. this is claire one of joyce's oldest friends they were at college together howard i'm gonna kill you now that she's gone i'm gonna do it this weekend Evelyn, I need to talk to you. About what? I told him I was going to kill him. I could chat. It's been four and a half decades. Feels like it was yesterday. You were delusional. She told me you were cruel. So, what's the plan, Scarface? I'm going to buy a gun. It was cute. Very. Want to hold it? And I'm going to take it to the wake. How's the recoil? I'm not gonna lie, it has a little kick. Well, darn it, we tried. Do you have any poison? I have a cyanide pill in case I'm captured by the enemy. You can have it. By the way, just as a uh, footnote, uh, I I moved up to the Hudson Valley not that long ago, and I'm friends with Nick Flynn. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I see him all, you know, once at least once or twice a year. (laughs) Oh, wow, that's cool. I love Nick. Yeah, he's a very good guy. Um, yeah, I live pretty close by now to where they've got a uh, 
really nice spot over here. Nice. Yeah. And and just also we'll get to moving on, which uh you know is your latest uh film you wrote, directed, and it stars Jane Fonda and uh uh Lily Tomlin and Malcolm McDowell and Richard Roundtree. And uh it opens on uh March seventeenth in theaters. Isn't that yep. nice? Yeah. Uh, just also, I have to ask though. You went to Wesleyan. Ah, uh, yeah. You took film classes from J- Janine Bassinger. Is that true? Uh, yeah, Bassinger. Yeah. Bassinger. Yeah. How was that experience for you? Um, I mean, it was great. It was great having a female mentor. Um, she was uh, utterly, <laughs> utterly unpretentious, while at the same time being incredibly exacting. Um, I think you know she she came from like the business world. Like um, she, she, she sort of created the program there and uh, film yeah. studies was not really a sort of considered a, a valid academic pursuit um, at the time when she was sort of creating that program. And, uh, and now it's a huge, you know, huge uh, department in Wesleyan. Um, and Janine, I mean, it's like, it was a combination of utter love for the medium with um very little patience for being a fool. And by being a fool, I mean, like, if you damaged a print while putting it on the projector or, um, you know, <laughs> she that, would that, yell that, at that's me. Yeah, because you were shooting on film, of course, 16 millimeters. We were shooting on film. And then also, like, you know, we were um, showing films all the time. Right. And, you know, we get, prints, you know, um, and uh, yeah, shooting on film, cutting on film, yeah. Um, well, thanks for sharing about that. And, and also just because you obviously this is now your third project with Lily Tomlin. And I was wondering, maybe you could just talk a little bit also about that relationship, because uh, it sounds like she really, uh, really has a lot of respect for your work. I mean, you were she had a uh, supporting role in admission, which was the first time you guys had worked together. Correct. And then uh, you end up writing Grandma, which is uh, was a, a, a lot of fun, a festival favorite. I remember seeing that in a festival, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and then then she is it true she asked you or or rather she was a conduit right that jane uh, jane fonda was interested in did some yeah. looking into your career and then said oh he should write us a project even though we yeah, just yeah, six yeah, years, they, uh, they, like a 10 year long netflix series yeah yeah no, they, they called me probably from the set of grace and frankie and really said okay i'm sitting here with jane and we feel like you should write us a film and, uh, and that kind of lodged in my head. And um, uh, and then I had this idea, really just an idea of kind of what's basically the opening scene in the movie where somebody is at a funeral and there's the widower and people are coming up and giving condolences and saying, we're so sorry for your loss. And she was a lovely woman and we love you. Come have dinner. And then a woman comes up and says, well, now that she's gone, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to do it this yeah. weekend. And then she moves on. Um, and I was like, oh, wait, that's Jane Fonda who says that. And um, and she needs Lily Tomlin to help her do it and kind of be her comrade in arms. So um, it was those two things coming together, like the idea and then and then Lily calling about about the two of them. So the premise came to you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I mean, tonally, you could have gone in, in many different directions here. It's kind of and tricky, right? Cause... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is tricky. really dark. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, there's there's aspects of you know seeing it in a movie theater, which I've now gotten to do a few times. It plays like a flat out comedy. Like if you had to chart like the noise of the audience, um, 
like, you know, I started out doing American Pie, so I have like a, you know, um, you know, that was sort of the heyday of people going to see comedies in theaters. Um, but, uh, you know, I had to think, okay, why does Jane want to kill him? Like, what did he do to her? And um, uh, how seriously I might have take this? And it kind of follows through to its furthest conclusions on a com comedic level and then also on a dramatic level. Uh, I don't think it pulls a ripcord on either. Yeah, because um, it is, a, 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 I know I have to be very cautious how I speak about it, obviously, um, how uh, we can speak in, in general terms. Uh, yeah. You know, you have a, a responsibility, right? Yeah. Because of the subject matter, as, as it unfolds, as we learn what happens, which, by yeah. the way, is the entire course of the film. It really unravels slowly, this story, yeah. which is, I think, a risky choice to make, but it worked out, I think, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, but because, you know, you've got like a 80, 85, 90, but I'm, I'm not sure at the running length, but, you know, <laughs> you've got to kind of keep things moving and keep, yeah. uh, you know, the arc, you know, uh, suspended or whatever. So, but I think he did a great job with that, but that's where all those other films he wrote come in, I guess. Thank you. I mean, that's a relief. Um, you know, I, in terms of the, the sort of, you know, the, the, the dr dramatic aspect of the subject, a lot of it was, you know, making sure Jane felt that it was appropriate and not fake and that, mm -hmm. you know, um, that I was being treated respectfully. Um, yeah. I mean, look, the films that I loved, um, uh, that were inspiring to me included like The Apartment by Billy Wilder, which has a suicide attempt in it. Shirley MacLaine tries to commit yeah. suicide during Yeah, and, um, Billy Wilder managed to do that quite well. It's a uh, high bar. In his own way, like The Graduate, you know, it's pretty much about um, depression and consumerism. Um, and uh, so I, I like sort of trying to do something which might seem ill-advised. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, but and yeah. yeah. So look, I mean, see some of it is like, look, it, honestly, like when I was doing this initially, when I was first getting financing for it, I had a couple of people say, well, you can get a lot more money for this if you if you tinker with it and don't have, you know, don't have certain things in it. Um, but I was like, it's going to be less dramatic and it's also going to be fake. So, you know, yeah. Um. And and also given I'm a, I think we're around the same age, so I think we both probably had this many similar films had impact on us. I know you talked about also Clute being something yeah. that you know. I mean, I just showed it to my girlfriend for the first time not that long ago, and it's wow. every time I see it, I discover it's like you know I discover so much more. It also happened. I do we watched uh, Apocalypse Now before because she's a teacher, and it was and then we watched rear window it's like you keep seeing these films that have um and i've seen many times but i could swear how did i not pick up on this element of it you know i know uh, and the amazing. apartment certainly is in there too yeah. you know uh but i guess i brought that up because now here you have these four icons yeah. and it's hard to get past that uh, as as sometimes as a viewer but tell me as a director you're working with richard yeah. rauchy that's shaft for Pete's sake. yeah yeah. You're working with, uh, you know, Malcolm McDowell, who <laughs> you had to have been terrified about uh, or of. I mean, uh, I'm absolutely thinking of their iconography and um, and thinking of the, the films that people are going to be thinking of. I mean, Malcolm happens to be a complete sweetheart in real life. 
and he's just kind of an imp. Um, uh, you know, he really likes to play around and he's still got that like kid in him. Yes. Um, but yeah, the idea that this is Alex from Clockwork Orange, um, I thought would be useful for this. And actually, interestingly, Jane Fonda had not met Malcolm in person uh, prior to doing the movie and she didn't want to meet him. She was yeah. like, would, would it be okay if I don't, you know, say hi to him um, until our characters meet in the movie? That's so amazing. I kept them separate. I kept them separate for the first couple of days. And, um, and then Malcolm at some point was like, how long is this going to go on for? Like, she's glaring at me across the room. Um, I, I, you know, but, well, but she wanted to. Building a, 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 a kitchen knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Richard Roundtree, you know, I think in the back of your head is like, this guy is really cool. Um, and he's, he's got like such a sort of um, a gracefulness to him and yeah. a, a sweetness. And it's interesting that, you know, action movies have come a long distance. I think Richard's sort of uh, uh, kindness is in Shaft, you know, it's an action movie, but but um, you're really drawn to him. And I was like, well, okay, who has Jane Fonda not played opposite? You know, who would it be interesting to see as her ex-husband and, uh, and thought of Richard? It was really nice. I, it was so, it's so great to see him because he doesn't do a lot, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, he, he's, he, he still acts though. And, um, yeah. and I knew he was still quite sharp. Oh my goodness. Forget it. He's uh, very youthful. Um, just to, just to pivot back to Malcolm McDowell for a minute. Yeah. Though, I, I want to share that when I was growing up and I was a little kid, uh, my parents had the soundtrack to a clockwork orange. Oh, I don't know what they were doing with it, but it was, you know, I would look at it and it was like, you know, they, they, and the, from their anecdotes about going to see it and how disturbing it was, I really kind of got into my fiber. I was terrified for many years to see a Clockwork Orange because of that. And you know what? When I saw it, it's terrifying. It was upsetting. Yeah. It was disturbing. But the album cover, I don't know if you ever saw it, but it had like photos, mm -hmm. uh, you know, of Alex torturing, essentially torturing or, you know, uh, whatever, uh, you know, and, and 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 it was somewhat tantalized because there was like a nude photo of a woman that he was, you know, doing, and it was really something confusing for a little kid. So, um, and yeah. then you put it on, and it's it's singing in the rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which apparently he sort of improvised, and then they had to, you know, right go, go next to it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, isn't it the case that like Kubrick or somebody? Uh, bought the rights back in England and didn't want it shown for a while because there was a period where it was being blamed for sort of copycat crimes and stuff. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a scary movie, but Malcolm is, it's, yeah. Right, yeah. It's, it's, it works. Uh, and uh, there's a new documentary, I think it's, in broad, I saw it in broadcast length, so, but it's called Kubrick by Kubrick. And I think oh, wow. that documentary filmmaker's gonna do this uh, sh show soon. Oh, cool. uh, but I, you know, the casting is, is really great. And um, again, the name of the film is. I was oh, moving on. Sorry. Were you going to say oh, the name sorry. of the film? Oh yeah, I was. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's oh, called it wasn't movie. a question. It wasn't a question. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I don't mind that. You can co-host. <laughs> and it, it's, it's uh, again, it's opening in, in theaters on March 17th. And now you mentioned you've been at some screenings. So was that at festivals? It was at festivals, and also I did one screening just a you know at a at a normal theater, um, 
did one of those research screenings. Um, but yeah, I've seen it in some festivals now. Yeah, and are, are you in Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. So are you gonna are you gonna be at like a screening on uh, this Friday? Um, yeah, normally I go by a theater. I, I guess I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's not like it's it's official. Though. You may just stop. Oh no! Oh, sorry. Oh, you mean like a Q and A? No, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think. Okay, so. but it is right. But that's a good. It, it, interesting to to know that you might be if you're if you're watching and you go see this uh, movie in L.A. this Friday. Just so you know, the, the director might be standing in the back or something like that. Yeah, looking around, yeah. No, it's a lot of fun to see these pros. My God. And I, we don't have nearly enough time uh, to talk about what it must be like to work with them. But I assume they're all just really, I, I imagine, really just great and trusting. And I mean, I have to just imagine it was just a, a great experience for you. Um, it was, yeah. And um uh you know lily and jane are very funny with each other yeah. uh they're they give each other a hard time if somebody drops a line or something or doesn't come in with their cue at the right time um but they're also you know they really love each other and that's well yeah i mean they played estranged friends in it but they are giving each other a hard time and within that maybe lily lily's character a little bit more than jane's but yeah. uh, it, it's fun to see lily in a different mode yeah, for sure. Very yeah. different from our show, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, great to uh, sit with you. I'd love to do it again, you know, maybe on a future project. It would be Thank uh, you. Uh, it would be a lot of fun to kind of find out more about you and your career, you know, in those years at Wesleyan. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, like the whole career of Elliot Kazan is something of a uh, of a subject for me. So oh, that's like cool. Armchair film historian. And the oh, whole yeah. library is it's at the library there. Right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, good luck with the film. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, you got it. Enjoy the rest of your day. I want you to tell the truth. I am shocked by your utter selfishness. You blame me for what happened in your own marriage. I think you were not built for happiness. <laughs> my man. You're in what? My other murder canceled this week, so I've got time. I've missed you. You had my number. Well, you had my number. So we're both lousy friends. Oh, Christ. Dad! Uh, why, why are you carrying that knife? Oh, I was gonna stab someone. <laughs> Crab cakes? Who is it? It's Ralph. I slept with him last night. You have a condom. I don't want to get knocked up. <laughs> Once again, uh, I'm very excited to bring on April Wright and also the uh, Saunders and the Grimms. That's my shorthand for uh, let me. I'll just read you quickly the synopsis for the, the film Back to the Drive-In. It takes uh, viewers behind the scenes to visit 11. What Boy, was I oh, not seven, 11. Yeah. Hmm. And still you, no Hyde Park. But it's great. <laughs> no, it's not one of them listed. Uh, there are 11 unique family-owned drive-ins across the country, including L.A.'s Mission Tiki, 
the Field of Dreams drive-in, and we have the owners of that drive-in, as I said, and the Wealth Fleet in Cape Cod, as well as the Greenville uh, drive-in in Greenville, New York, which I had them on the, sh- the show with April as well. Let's see, uh, to experience their passion and determination to keep their theaters alive. It's a story of human resilience. The film, which played to some... R- Rave reviews at many, of course, drive-in theaters during its theatrical run features interviewees D. Edward Vogel, Dwight Grimm, and Lee Van Swall. There it is. That's who uh, Dwight and Leo in the Greenville, among others. So very happy to uh, bring on April Wright onto Film Wax. Hi, everyone. This is Ben coming to you live. Our weather right now is actually pretty fantastic. It'll be a really nice night for drive-in movies. Normally expect two to three hundred, five hundred and fourteen, nine hundred cars. That's a lot of people in here. My buddy says, "Hey, whatever happened to that drive-in idea?" He goes, "Put it in your backyard." That night, it was like an infusion in me to bring it back, to make it happen. There was something called showmanship. Beer garden is open. He's making white Russians. You're not gonna get that on your TV at home. It's just, it's all a labor of love. Yeah, we're still in the midst of this uncertainty. Day and date streaming with new movies, is that going to be a permanent thing? Counting what we made today, $5. Biggest problem now is having employees, people to help, barely getting by. Then get into, what the hell's going to happen to me today? This is our current situation. Movies used to mean something, and people used to anticipate their release. Will it survive? I don't know. I thought it would really be fun to spend our retirement at a drive-in. I didn't realize that we would spend our retirements on a drive-in. I think that one of the positives is more people will go to drive-ins that maybe hadn't gone before. I fell in love with it. This is like the best form of entertainment. When the kids get out of the car, the smile on their face, you can't put a price on that. It's memories that people will keep forever. Uh Uh-huh, y'all enjoy the movie. Hi. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Riding Donna Saunders from the Field of Dreams drive-in. Oh, fi- Field of Dreams. Pardon? Great. That's where you built it in your backyard. Hi, hi, hi. Yes. back, cutie pie? Hi there. This is Colton, our grandson. We're, we're Aww, babysitting hi, right now, so. It looks like he just got up from a nap. Yep. All right, hold that. So, okay, Rod. Rod and Donna? Yes. Great. Thank you for doing this, by the way. Oh, no problem. How are how are things in? Are you anywhere near that that disaster, the train disaster? No. No, yeah, that's right. on the total other side of the state. Oh, to heck with them then. That's <laughs> <laughs> their problem. To be honest with you, I didn't even know we had a Palestine. <laughs> Palestine in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Well, these are how things get on the map, right? Yep. That's for sure. Unfortunately. A very unfortunate way. Yeah. Well, thanks for again for you guys for uh, all three of you for. Uh... <laughs> and you'll you'll see another one running around behind us. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 parents used to love watching my my son and their other granddaughter and you know my their granddaughter as well and so. It's what we live for. Yeah, that's no, great. <laughs> what is uh, and what's his name again? This is Colton. Colton, right? Hey, is he? Does he like movies? 
He's too early. To, too young to know. <laughs> I was thinking maybe it's never too young because you know, this yeah. is Madden. He likes movies. One is three. He's, he likes movies. He thinks everybody everybody's grandparents have a drive-in in their backyard. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Well, not no. necessarily for you guys. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Hello. Hi. You're Oh, the light will be here momentarily. Thank you, by the way. We're, we're, we're both a little ragged. We literally landed like moments ago from oh. um, a, a trip back from South Africa that ended with uh, not making a connection. So having to drive from New York City or from Newark up to Albany. But we're here. We made it in time. So wow. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So you, you, but you, you're the, you're the green, 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 Greenville green. driving. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, so we're neighbors. Okay, great. We're neighbors then. Where are you located, Adam? Well, I'm spending, I'm essentially, let me just say Athens. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you really are neighbors. Yeah. And I've been to Greenville. I also do work with the Woodstock Film Festival. Oh. So Mayor was very happy to know that, uh, you know, we would be connecting. Yeah. And it's great to meet everybody, Rod and, and uh, Dolores as well. Uh, Donna, excuse me. Rod and Donna. Now, if, even though April's not here yet, uh, I guess we could just do it without her. <laughs> <laughs> what do we need a filmmaker for? <laughs> but have you, how much interaction have you guys... Like in general, with uh, with the other subjects, have had, and I guess we'll just say we're, we're starting now, because sometimes uh, I start these things, and people five ten minutes in will say, "Is is, is this guy started yet?" Because <laughs> I'm so it's incompetent that I never make it clear. It's kind of the nature of the show is a little informal, but we get all the good information in there. So my question, I guess I was starting was, do you, have you guys had much? or any interaction? Has it been in person or has it been primarily over these types of things? Or, I mean, any, anybody? Are you talking about with other driving owners? Yeah, or with yeah, 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 yeah. Just like if, it, I, I, I assume, you know, there've been some festivals and things like that where maybe the film showed. I didn't know if you guys had met in any level at all. So there is, there is a, um, you know, so there is a United Drive-In Owners uh, association okay uh and they get together in generally early february in florida okay uh, yeah we just we just got back from that um and saw three or four other people that are in the movie um so yeah there there has been a little bit of that interaction and there's, also, there's also some like so and then there's also some regional like adam if you live up here so there are regionalized ones where it's like uh like right. the malta um the highway us will i think that's usually like in november kind of towards the end of the season we'll kind of we'll kind of get together so there's definitely like there's definitely communication and then like throughout covid there was actually a pretty good uh call Right, it was running uh, every week. So, do you guys like exchange recipes? What What do you guys do? When you're... <laughs> <laughs> what kind of go? What What does like just practical technology? Uh, other um, processes like we might we we can share what processes we use. Whether we allow people to bring food in to our theaters or not, and if we do allow people to bring in food, uh, do we charge an outside food permit or not? 
it's what's the uh, answer to that kind of common it's it's split some people some people don't do an outside food permit most if they let food come in have it some kind of okay a fee. like a cork fee yeah yeah <laughs> uh, because it's it's true i mean you guys are as much of a um food uh or kitchen or what have you than you are a a, a movie theater you know uh, or, or a restaurant be, that just happens to show a movie right so so i wouldn't bring in you know like uh my 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 equipment and play a movie in my you know when i'm there either so i probably i probably would enjoy it. i would look for i mean first of all your kitchens all look you know fantastic uh you guys um in um in greenville new york you guys bet ben and uh wait a minute i don't want to i'm screwing up i'm screwing up i wasn't sure who was coming on so forgive me that um i i'm not necessarily getting all the names right so that's all right the the place in greenville you guys really have uh a bar more than right if i remember correctly more than you don't guys you have obviously the the you you have food but it's primarily the bar is the is the big thing there yeah i mean if if we're being completely honest that's actually why i started like we were looking for a place to build sort of a a drinking spot and it just happened to be that the place that we found originally we lost to some local chicanery Uh if you're you're here in athens you that may not surprise you (laughs) um and uh so we ended up they I won't say they gave us the drive-in, but they came close to giving us the drive-in. So then after taking over the drive-in and realizing like, oh, we could still run this as a drive-in and then we'll just put the bar at the drive-in. Right. Um, Yeah, I think it was about four years before we bought the land. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we we leased the drive-in and that's, you know, that is an interesting thing. I don't know. I can't remember how much of that is discussed in april's film and she'll tell us in a moment <laughs> she's on maybe she won't oh she's coming on right but, <laughs> but among you know so among the biggest challenges within the driving community are the folks who are who are operators but don't own their property and then the people who are both operators and owners of the property so you can have a fairly successful drive-in but if it's owned by someone else who gets a better who gets a better offer for the land, um, it can be sold out from underneath. And that's how- Oh, I'll of course. Drive it. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so we we were a lease C for the first couple of years, uh, and then we bought ours out in 2018. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, April, nice, thank you. for Hi, how are you? I'm great. Sorry, I'm a couple of minutes late. I um, accidentally logged into the wrong Zoom. <laughs> I have a bunch of interviews scheduled, and <laughs> when I, I appreciate, was, I appreciate your candor and your honesty about it. And, and it, happens, <laughs> it happens to me only all too frequently. But the beauty part, the so. beauty part is, I got to talk to Rod and Donna and Dwight and Lee and uh, um, and got to know them a little bit and started getting questions going, but. But I, I, I invite you not only to be a subject of this Zoom interview and, you know, podcast, but also a co-host, too, in the sense that, you know, you, you know, please, like, you know, if you have something I'm I'm not, you know, touching on, by all means, interrupt and, 
And uh, yeah, well, when they reached out to me, they said that you were interested in having some drive-in owners join us. And I think you said you actually had been to the Greenville drive-in before. So you have exactly firsthand yeah. experience. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny because I moved up to the Hudson Valley, which is uh, not, which is, you know, essentially, I guess you could call Greenville right on the cusp of the Hudson Valley slash Catskills, you know, and um, uh, one of the first things that happened when I, after I moved up here in 2020 was that the Woodstock Film Festival hosted a bunch of screenings at, at the Greenville. And I was like, holy, I, I, I've been with driving in ages. This is fantastic. And I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of one of the big points about that, that period of time that so many people were experiencing for the first time, but uh, I had a blast and I just love the experience. And uh, so when I heard that these guys were in the documentary, yeah. And I also just thought as like a host of a podcast, it's just more interesting. It's just, it's from a producer standpoint, it's, it's great to have the input of these guys and it's yep. a delight to, and it's a delight to meet them. For, you know. Yeah. And just have Thank a conversation. You. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so, you know, I have such, what, such... so what's unique about both of these two yeah. families are that they didn't grow up in the drive-in business. A lot of the owners, I have a big cross section in the film. I tried intentionally to show all different types of drive-ins, not just geographically in different states, but you know, the coyote in Fort Worth is right in the city. Right. Um, some of the others like Rod and Donna's is more, are more rural. And so is the Greenville. Um, some have one screen, some have seven screens, <laughs> some are brand new, built from scratch, some are old ones reopened, like Lee and Dwight's, some are, uh, you know, ones that have been around forever. In the case of uh, Rod and Donna, they built their first one in their backyard, mm. but they've actually bought other drive-ins since then that have been historic drive-ins. They have another one they're operating right now that's been around forever, so they so they're they're they didn't grow up in the business, but for some crazy reason they decided they wanted to own drive-ins. So I figured they're they're great people to talk to and get their perspective on on the outlook of it all. <laughs> well, thank yes. you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Deborah. No, just thank you. I think we're just both crazy. But, uh... <laughs> there has to be an element of that. I mean, they're uh, not crazy necessarily. It may be, you know, don't want to trick anybody, but but uh, but but a sense of uh, adventure, of risk taking that has to be part of your fiber. I have to imagine, uh, you know, to do that. I grew up in Queens back in the seventies, and there were still drive-ins like even in the city as well, and. Um, you know, I grew up going to like a bunch of them. So, um, you know, back then, I guess, uh, you know, I, I think, it, and, it, and they had crummy speakers that you would put on your window. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, there was no good reason to go to this thing um, back then. But now, I mean, it's this great, from a technical level, from everything, you know, obviously um, you have to start once it gets dark. But the, other than that, I mean, yeah, the, the the sound is whatever's in your vehicle, and you know right. a lot of vehicles have great sound systems in them. So yeah, mm -hmm. the, the thing that gets me on a Friday, Saturday night is somebody will come up and and say my radio's not working. Can I borrow a radio? And of course, you know I'll I'll rent them a five, for five bucks. I'll run them a radio, but if they just 
listened, everybody is listening to the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the sound that they're going to get from their neighbors is 10 times better than the sound they're getting from the $5 radio I just rented them. So, you know, it's, it, it is very good sound. It is the, the quality of the pictures are good since everybody's had to go to digital. Um, you know, and, and, and you guys have even gone to laser projection at at least yeah. one of your locations, which when I was on the road making the movie in 2021, um, since then, a lot of people have commented to me, well, drive-ins have old equipment. The picture isn't good. And I was like, actually, I went to 11 drive-ins and three of them had laser projection before any of the AMCs or indoor theaters or anything had yeah. it. Um, so actually drive-ins are not as uh, behind the times as people imagine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I we, we also um, wire our beer garden for sound. And so what that means is that there's also an opportunity for that social element up in the beer garden area, which um, really sort of adds a lot. And we, we have had people who literally have ridden their bicycles, uh, <laughs> we have people who come in on motorcycles and things yes. like that. because we've got, you know, a bunch of Adirondack chairs and picnic tables and benches and things, you know, they know that they don't have to sit in a car to be able to watch the movie as well. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. And, and, and the majority of the people that come to our, our facilities do not sit in their car. They're I mean, really, yeah, we have, we have more pickup trucks and uh, uh, vans and, you know, the minivans where they lift the tailgate up and they're, they back in and they're watching out of the back of their, their truck or the back of their van. Um, Oh, yeah. a of, or a lot of people bring lawn chairs. Lawn with them chairs. Now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Infla inflatable couches and hammocks yes. are my two favorite. I think, yeah. you know, one pick of the, up truck, put your sleeping bags or recliners yeah. in the back of, yeah. yeah. I, know, I, I think one of the interesting back. things about the, about the drive-in more than any, well, literally more than any other film watching experience is that you get to choose how social you want to be. So we have some introverts like me who they just they'll go off to the corner say so a lot of times it's like a single person they're just like I just want to sit in my car and watch the movie and they'll be like they'll be cocooned in their space but there's people around them so they're like you know they're not being social but they're in a social environment and then you have other people who are very social I mean our it also helps that you know most of our films are retro so it's like almost everybody knows the movie Right. And so what ends up happening is like we get these like we get these very fun almost like salons that happen where it's like people come in like through the movie and you're like you're in the snack bar kibitzing about this that and the other thing and um it, you know I mean I think one of the things I like so much about our our space is that it, the people who come are there who love movies um and anyway it's, yeah. Uh, well, now that I know you guys, I'm I'm going to be up there all summer. Just look up. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I can't wait till you meet. You. We, we and get, I, uh, go ahead, Rod. We we get people that have uh, block parties or a group of friends oh, yeah. that you know. You bring you bring the I'll bring the grill. You bring the hamburgers. You know, we talked about the uh, the food permit. You know, so we do charge for the food permit. 
And what we found is that uh, we have a coupon on the bottom of the permit that if you get your money back, if you come and spend X amount of dollars in the concession stand, but we get a lot of, we get, you know, every weekend we have some kind of party going on where, you know, a group of friends, whether they're neighbors or they're just, you know, I don't know, play date people or whatever, but they come and and, uh, set up their little campsite, bring their grill, bring the cooler full of beer and just, you know, enjoy well, yeah. it makes sense to, you know, get a, b- a bunch of friends, bring the kids, and then, you know, it's like a built-in safe area where, yes. people, unless they run in front of cars, but, uh, so the beer thing, <laughs> so just, <laughs> you know, like, talk about, like, how you handle that, because there's alcohol being served, probably people, you know, in New York State anyway, I can't remember Ohio's laws, but now, you know, marijuana is legal, so <laughs> this is safe for our children this this podcast don't worry but 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 like you know people are shoving gummies in their mouth probably during the movies and i'm just wondering how that works is it do you guys have uh like a strategy for the the cars our our, our our facilities are um the rules say alcohol is prohibited that is to cover to cover our liability Okay. Yeah, um, it's it's really not policed or enforced. I mean, you know, I, I've talked to our local sheriffs, and you know, their their thinking is if somebody over twenty one comes and has a couple of beverages, and I don't see it, and they don't see it, it's no problem. Um, so you know, we're not we're not looking for it. I know I'm not stupid. I know what's happening. I have seen it, but you know, it's just like, hey, just be careful with that. Uh, I don't have a liquor license. It's a little bit different than um, Greenville, but uh, that that's our policy. Uh, but I know it's happening, and you know, people knock on wood have not taken advantage of that. So I will actually say it's it's been kind of a, having a liquor license. Uh, it's been kind of interesting that it's now part of it is I don't make a big. I don't make a big promotion about, in fact, a lot of people, especially a lot of locals even don't even realize we have a bar because <laughs> I don't really promote it a whole lot for a variety of reasons, but one is sort of towards the liability thing. Like, and our bar is not, I mean, if you've been there, then you know, it's like our bar is not like a big giant bar. People aren't it's, coming it's in. It's a doing, fun setup though. It's a fun Yeah, way. it's like, they're not coming in and doing jacked in, you know, and it, it has evolved, um, it's evolved over the course. At the beginning, it was very much like, okay, we're doing local craft stuff and blah, 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 um, which is my wheelhouse. But what has really transpired over the last couple of years is that people really want the theme drinks to go along with the, with the, with the show. And April captures that. And obviously for Big Lebowski, it was the way Russians, but, um, but every movie, every movie is like that. And Lee knows, cause I'm a procrastinator. The, um, you know, almost every week, it's like, it'll be 20 minutes to, to doors open, and I haven't come up with, like, whatever it is that night, and I'm like, all right, I better, better. find some, find some yeah. stuff, but, I mean, sometimes it's obvious, like, white Russians, but then sometimes it's like, wow. I sent Dwight a book with ideas that I saw at the Academy Museum <laughs> oh, out here in Los Angeles, oh, there was something about drinks to go with movies, and I was like, I know who could use this. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I think that speaks to not just the bar, but also the concessions for us as well. We try to have products that you basically wouldn't be able to pick up at Stewart's or Cumbies on your way in. So, you know, that there's, we do feature like 
we we do um we started out featuring all New York or mostly New York state products, but even our sodas, you know, we, we don't do fountain sodas where we are. We have actually Saranac sodas and that are bottled up in Ithaca, New York, and we've met all the guys up there and that's kind of fun. And, um, and, and we're not exclusive to New York state products, but, you know, I have a woman who makes themed cookies for <laughs> many yeah. of the movies and, um, you know, trying to create, something that's unique and worth coming in and trying something that they might not be bringing in with them. Which, yeah, which sort of cir- circles back to that whole conversation about people bringing in the food. Like we try, I, like it, it, I don't really want to police anybody coming in. It's been, you know, a lot of times too, it's like you get fussy kids who are coming in. It's like, I'm not going to tell some mom she sure. can't bring fruit roll-ups that these are the, <laughs> her child only eats like, tropical berry fruit roll-ups it's like yeah the kid's gonna bring the food it's fine but um but we do try and offer food and concessions and drinks and stuff that you wouldn't find yeah it's kind of part of the experience I mean that's what I've been talking about a lot today is just when you go to a drive-in it's more than a regular movie because you're really creating an experience so it's all these different elements it might be different food or different drinks. It might be just the environment, the sky, the, you know, at, at Rod's, he's got, you know, people throw Frisbees and there's some little games there, you know, it, so it's whatever that climate is that's being created that makes a special experience out of it. I think that's what everybody's aiming for. Get people out of their houses, get outside, right. <laughs> do something somewhat social and, and create a, create a good memory. You know, that's really what it comes down to, you know, that the history of drive-ins, everybody I talk to, they can tell you their drive-in memories. Even if they were a kid, they remember it so vividly. And I think that's what it's still about is just creating those family memories and those good times. And Drive I think, early, stay late, make memories. <laughs> I, I think you know, it's, it's interesting for us taking over a, what I'll call a legacy drive-in it's been open since 59 um we didn't grow up in the neighborhood um we're we're on 15 years in the neighborhood but obviously the way it works in the Catskills we'll never be locals we'll never be part of the which is fine but um but I do like there's almost not I, I can't think of a night that I haven't had somebody come in and not say oh my god I came here you know in the 70s and I did this and we had this memory and that memory and and so, you know, even if you didn't create those memories, you're the steward of somebody else's memories. Right. Um, I, I just want to say one thing, though. I mean, you mentioned that, like, it's it's true. It's hard to move into a community that is as proud as, let's say, like that the Catskills and, you know, however, <laughs> at the same time, when you come in and you're running a, a business and it's like a, a service like you are, uh, I do think people are far less uh you know uh let's say suspect or suspicious or skeptical what have whatever however you want to say it but you know you're i think that you would be more welcome because you're doing this amazing thing for the community um you know so people are going to be i think uh you know certainly appreciative some, of some some folks get it but then some folks also you're not running it the way it was run in 19 oh, oh 82 and then oh and then they're and then they're cranky well, you can't please everybody no, yeah. no, but I, I mean, I think for the most part, and go, actually circling back a little bit to the alcohol question too, I did find it amusing that, you know, when we went to approach the town, 
And it was like, hey, we're going to be selling, you know, we're getting a liquor license and we're going to be selling, we're going to have a beer garden there. The town had a pretty progress progressive attitude about it. And they're like, yeah, people have been drinking there, you know, since 59. <laughs> it's like, we're glad that there's going to be somebody with oversight and insurance and collecting taxes. So it's, you know, right. Um, they were, they were, they were pretty good about it. Um, but um, no, I mean, I think, I think everything's been, you know, I mean, our, our rapport locally, I think is, has been pretty good, but it is, it is interesting because what the other thing that's interesting and in the, for Greenville in particular, and I don't know how much this extends to other drive-ins, but because we're located in an area that was sort of a resort-based community, we have a lot of people who have been coming to the drive-in since the 60s who have no connection to Greenville, right. but they had, they're almost all from Long Island, and they had a dad or a grandfather who owns like or cat or to summer camp. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the drive in all the way through the 60s, like it's funny, like when we're open, we we have kind of an odd schedule for how we're we're open. But if we happen to be open on like a Wednesday or a Thursday in the summer, we often get a lot of the resort people who are coming because that was always the sort of day where it was like, they've already done all the things at the, at the resort they're staying at that week. And so now it's Wednesday or Thursday. So they need to get off the resort and go do something else. And that's when they'll come to the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, April, I, I mean, I think we have to wind it down soon, but uh, I wanted to ask you, like, did you have to carefully have seven different drive-ins? I have 11 drive-ins in eight different states. Yeah. Pretty impressive and, uh, and ambitious. So did you have to really plot out? I mean, I know there's a couple in Texas we discussed and Mm -hmm. a couple where they're not too far from each other, but in large, you, did you like basically have to camp in one location (laughs) and get all the footage I can't imagine right. traversing the country back and forth. I mean, it's a yeah. So I'm based in Los Angeles. My my very first documentary that actually came out ten years ago. Um, it's called Going Attractions: The Definitive Story of the American Drive-In Movie. Ah. When I made that one, um, I traveled to every single state and visited a lot of drive-ins. And um, I wanted to do a second follow-up to that that would go more in depth because I realized pretty much all the drive-ins that are left out there are family-owned. They're all unique. So, and and they're all, uh, even before COVID, um, you know, just really struggling to keep them going. You know, it, it is a, a labor of love. And you see in the film what they go through every night to put on the show. And I just wanted to pull back the curtain and go more in depth. I was planning to follow maybe three drive-ins and and just go more deeply. But when COVID hit, I expanded it to the 11 because of some of the reasons I said earlier that I really wanted to get a good cross-section. I wanted, you know, seven screen drive-ins, single screen drive-ins, a drive-in that's been around for 70 years, one that just opened three weeks ago, you know, different. I I did every type of version of a drive-in I could. But what was interesting, I thought it would be different. I thought maybe in different states it would be different. I thought they they might have different issues. But as soon as I went to three or four of them, I realized they're all telling me the same story. They're all the same. They're all, no matter how different they are, they're all dealing with mostly the same things. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're more alike than not. And so I, I did drive from L.A. to Texas up to Nebraska 
through the Midwest, Ohio, Illinois, up to Niagara Falls area, to Cape Cod, Baltimore, and then I drove all the way back (laughs) when I made this movie. And I basically spent one night at each drive-in. So I would get there two or three in the afternoon while everybody's starting their setup, mowing the lawn, getting the hamburgers ready in Rod's case, whatever it might be, getting the bar ready. And then they're pretty much there till about 2 a.m., so I I was a one man band. I had my drone. I had a GoPro that did a time lapse from empty to full day to night. And wow. then I had my primary camera. So I just pretty much at each drive in, it was just 12 sour, solid hours of just following wow. them around, getting as much as I could to um, wow. cut together and tell the story. And it was really fun. Yeah, no, it sounds um, fun, but it sounds like boot camp <laughs> too. It just sounds like a little... But yeah, you, you had a really you, you had a, a, a uh, an operation. So yeah, you had, you had, yeah. It's a, and that's then really I even remarkable. ended up editing this movie too. So there's definitely a lot of my my hands personally on this one. Um, but it's really these owners, you know, that I have gotten to know over the years. Um, you know, that are that were willing to let me put the camera in their face and follow them around and see behind the curtain a little bit. Um, you know, just to share their stories. So it's it's really, you know, the fact that they're willing to open up and and show what what they do because they do so much. And you know, people show up at at dusk. First of all, most of them show up right at dusk, thinking they can just pull in, <laughs> and, like the movie's already going. Um, but yeah, just I wanted to show the passion and and how how much hard work goes into it and the determination to keep them going and how important it is to the communities where they're located. So, um, you know, it's all it's all about them sharing sharing these stories. And we had fun shooting it, didn't didn't we, you guys? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, not fun. that I ever want poor weather on anyone, but I, I'm kind of glad that you're able to show that. I think that it was at Wellfleet that had the fog. Yeah, Wellfleet had the fog. You know, just because when you have a night that it's like Mother Nature is in control. It just kills, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, one of the other modern, like, inconveniences of convenience is the, is the weather apps. And so right. it's like, right. if there's right. even, like, if there's yeah. even, like, 15 minutes of rain on a given day, it'll show a little rain icon on that day. But yeah, it could sure. be it could be raining from like ten fifteen to ten forty five in the morning, but they're still right. going to show the rain thing, and then somebody I know, goes, I know. Oh, it's, it's going to be raining. I'm not I'm not going to go. Well, yeah, that, that, that kills that kills a night, and you have to prepare every night the same, and it doesn't matter if if ten people show up or a thousand people show up. You have to prepare the same way every single night, and, and that that forecast can be a killer. So I will I will say that's one of the things out of COVID that actually helped us somewhat. It's prior to COVID, we were very, you know, general admission, people came in. We had we had some function for buying tickets in advance, but not I, a not a particular sorry to interrupt. I, I I I love you guys. I, I have to go. Okay. <laughs> sorry to be so rude. I, I just want to make sure people know we're gonna tell people how to see it. It's called Back to the Drive, and it's directed by April Wright. And these lovely people are just uh, are just a, a handful of, of, or I don't know, a movie, uh, a drive-in handful of uh, the people that you're going to meet during the course of this wonderful documentary. And uh, I really just, I'm sorry to cut it short. Uh, 
because I could talk to you guys forever. But mm -hmm. I, I I really appreciate your making the time and and coming on here. I really do. Well, well thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Yeah, it's it's right. on video on demand March fourteenth. So anywhere Perfect. you rent a new movie digitally, you can find it. Thank you, thank you so much, guys. Good luck with the documentary, and uh, we'll do this again. Thank All you. right, thanks. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Thank Bye. you very much. Thank you.